G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Have you ever thought to yourself, well, things are a bit of a mess. I've made a hash of this or of that. And before I go to God with this, well, I'd better sort it out. We all do that sometimes. But it turns out that God's having a party and it's come as you are. Thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're kicking off a brand new series of messages called Taking God at His Word. Because you know something? Right there, in the midst of all you have going on in your life, there is such incredible power in the Word of God. So let's dive straight in, and please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about a free booklet that I'd love to send you. It too is called Taking God at His Word. It's all about helping you to live your life in the power of the promises of God. God promises that when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, that he will give us an abundant life, abundant blessing, an eternal life, a life that we can't even begin to imagine. Do you ever look at that sometimes and think, it's just too good to be true? Yet some people seem to live with an amazing confidence in the blessing of God, and others don't. And the difference, I think, is that sometimes we don't take God at his word. That's why this week we're starting a brand new four-part series called exactly that, Taking God at His Word. We can see our circumstances, we can see the physical things around us, But with our eyes, we can't see the spiritual dimension. We can't see the God dimension. And so often we look at our physical circumstances and say, well, God couldn't possibly take my life and my circumstances and my failures and bless me in the middle of that. But God means to do exactly that. His word is full of promises that he wants to bless us. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless me. So today we're going to begin by looking at some of those promises, in particular, the promises he makes about the relationship between him and us. Relationships are a a funny and complex thing. How well we know one another influences how much of ourselves we expose to one another. Someone that we don't know very well, someone that, that we have a shallow relationship with, we're not going to talk to them about the deepest, most meaningful things in our lives. And someone that we do know really well and don't like who hurts us, well, we're going to be guarded with them. Hopefully a relationship between a husband and wife is really open and frank, but even there, there can be barriers. We all have different masks or faces for different occasions. I know I do. A professional face that I put on and a personal face. The the face that we put on in a passing relationship versus one that we wear in a permanent relationship. And even though I tend to be a very open and forthright and direct person, still 
We all do it, don't we? We have different faces for different people, different faces for different situations. We guard who we are depending on the person that we're having a relationship with. Those different faces that we wear are, in effect, different levels of permission and openness for different situations or people. And it's a deeply ingrained pattern of behaviour. So what face do you and I wear when we come before God? Is it a face that says, well, God, I'm just not good enough for you, so I'd better protect myself from your glory and your goodness? Is it a face that says God's promises, they sound too good, well, maybe they're for that person or that person, but they're not for me? Is it a face that says, I'd better sort these things out in my life before I go to God? What face do you and I wear when we come before God? It's an important question. How do I approach God? Because how can we enter into God's blessing if we don't even know how to enter into God's presence? We're going to go to a passage in the book of Hebrews. If you have a Bible, grab it and open it up at Hebrews chapter 4. It's a strange little book. It's less of a a letter to a specific group and more of a, a general tract. To the Hebrews was probably added later on. We don't know who wrote it. Although, judging from its style, it wasn't any of the other authors of the New Testament. And the basic thrust of the book of Hebrews is to contrast the old covenant, the old promise, under the Jewish Mosaic law, with the new covenant, the new promise of God, of grace and forgiveness through faith in Jesus Christ. And it shows how much this new promise is so much better than the old promise. Our passage does that. Let's have a look at it. We're going to read it. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. It says this, Since then we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, because we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet was without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It centers on the fact that Jesus, being our high priest, understands our situation because he's walked in our shoes. This passage comes in the context of God's rest. God plans to bless us by giving us rest, by giving us peace, by giving us joy, by setting us free from all the things in the world that would tear away at us emotionally and spiritually. And he says, look, Jesus is your high priest, and it's your high priest that brings you rest. Look at verse 10. For those who enter God's rest also cease from their labors as God did from his. The point is that one of God's promises is to give us rest. And this picture of the high priest goes right back to the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 16. If you have a Bible, flick back and have a look at Leviticus chapter 16. The first five verses, which we won't read right now, talk about the way in which sins were forgiven on the Day of Atonement. And the priest went into the Holy of Holies of the Temple and gave blood sacrifices over the altar. But look specifically at verse 17. No one shall be in the tent of the meeting from the time that the high priest enters to make atonement in the sanctuary until he comes out and has made atonement for himself and for his house and for the assembly of Israel. No one else can be in the tabernacle when atonement was being made for Israel. And then over the page, 
in verse 29 and 30. You shall deny yourselves on that day, you shall do no work, neither the citizen nor the alien who resides among you. For on this day atonement shall be made for you to cleanse you from your sins. It is a Sabbath day of complete rest to you. So God's plan in making atonement for our sins, in opening the door to a relationship with him, is complete rest for us. Jesus was the high priest. Jesus was the mercy seat. Jesus was the the lamb whose blood was sprinkled in the sanctuary. That's the old covenant. That was then. But after this short break, we're going to have a look at the new covenant, the covenant, the promise, the plan that God has for us, which is so much better than that. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. Following Jesus means going against the flow in a society that's increasingly headed in that opposite direction. And that's not easy. It's it's not easy to believe in the promises of God when the world's telling you that they're not true. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Taking God at His Word. It's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you live your life firm in the promises of God. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your free copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Okay, well, let's head back into God's Word then to see what else He has to say to us today. We're looking at God's promises. Sometimes we struggle to take God as his word, and God has a promise of relationship and rest and peace for us. We're specifically looking at what he says in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16, which talks about Jesus being our high priest. Under the new covenant, Jesus is the one, the great high priest, who not only went into the sanctuary, to make atonement for our sins so that we can be forgiven, to pay for our sins. But he also passed into the heavens and he walked on this earth and he relates to us and understands that he's able, look at verse 15, he's able to sympathize with our weaknesses, not just our sin, but the realities of life here on earth. Jesus, you may get upset with me for saying this, but listen, Jesus went to the toilet. He became tired and frustrated. He he felt crowded in. He knew the pressures of a busy schedule. He knew the deep pain of sacrifice. Our high priest, the one who was there when we weren't, so that our sins could be forgiven. Our high priest isn't some ecclesiastical elitist. He's a pauper. He's one of us. Someone who walked in our shoes. He, He knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. Not just because he's God, but because he walked As one of us. Let us therefore, says Hebrews, approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive the mercy and find the grace to help in time of need. Therefore, why? Because Jesus wasn't just the high priest. Jesus was a pauper. Jesus was an ordinary 
person, just like you and me with all the pressures, all the temptations, all the hassles of life. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that that wonderful? A few years ago, I had occasion to visit the head of state of Australia. In Australia, he's called the Governor-General. His name was Sir William Dean at the time. And this place, Government House, where he lives, is steeped in history. We drove up the driveway, the driveway that kings and queens and presidents and prime ministers have come and gone on. And the place was full of the trappings of power. You know, I played to that. I had a crisply iron shirt on and... I drove up the driveway, dark-coloured car that I had, and there's a big bird plop on the front, and I thought, I wish I'd washed my car. I hope I look acceptable. Am I good enough? But when I met the man, Sir William Dean, the Governor-General of this country, what I discovered was this, this kind, gentle man who was one of us. He, he was disarming in his humility and his kindness. He wasn't affected by his position or his status. He showed me around the art collection in Government House and his office and his wife's office, and and he set me at ease. We had a cup of tea. He was just a wonderful human being. You expect someone in a position of power like that to put themselves above us, in a sense. But he didn't do that at all. And in a sense, that's what Jesus is like. In a sense, he, he is God. He's the Son of God, yet he became one of us. He walked on this earth. He sacrificed his life for us. And that's why we can approach the throne of grace with boldness. That's why we don't have to make sure our car's washed. We don't have to put on our Sunday bests. We don't have to put on a face when we come before that throne of grace because God is having a party and it's come as you are. That is a wonderful message. Your car's dirty. Your things aren't quite right. You feel inadequate. Take God and his word. Let us therefore... Approach the throne of grace with boldness. Why? Not because we're fantastic. Not because our car's clean and our shirts are ironed and and we're perfect. No, because we have in Jesus a high priest who in every way has experienced life the way we do. He understands. He can sympathize with our reality. And because of that, it says approach the throne of grace with what? With fear, with with, um, uncertainty, with timidity. No, approach the throne of grace with boldness. Come on, will you take God at his word? Will you come with me before the throne of grace, putting your faith, not in yourself, but in what Jesus did for us on the cross, and take God at his word? The throne of grace is God's place. Just like Government House was the Governor-General's place, the throne of grace is God's place. It's about God's sovereignty and power and awesomeness. Government House is, to me, what the temple was to the Hebrews. The all-powerful, all-knowing God who transcends all things but is a God of grace. What an incredible juxtaposition of images. A throne which talks about power of grace. Not a throne of power, not a throne of judgment, not a throne of superiority. God is all of those things. But he calls his throne the throne of grace. But what do we do? We focus on the throne. We want to put on our Sunday best. We want to sort ourselves out before we come to that place. Come on. How often do we have problems and think we have to sort them out before we go to God? We get to the driveway of that castle and we want to rush off. We want to wash the car. We want to iron our shirt. 
Beautiful picture in Luke chapter 15 of the prodigal son. The son that deserted his father, spent all his money getting drunk and, and on prostitutes, and he comes back feeling unworthy, saying, well, I'll ask Dad if I can become a servant, and Dad runs out. Dad was already waiting on the road looking for him, and he runs out. Let's have a look. Reading verse 20 of Luke 15, which is where the story of the prodigal son is. So the son set off and went to his father, but while the son was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion and ran out and put his arms around him. That's what the throne of grace looks like. The throne of grace is a mobile throne of grace. The throne of grace, when we take the smallest step towards God, comes running towards us because Jesus understands. We need to stop looking at the castle and focus on the king who became a pauper for us. We need to forget the trappings and look at God. We didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but a spirit of adoption so that we can cry, Abba, Father, Dad. Whenever we think of that throne, the throne of grace, let us think of that waiting Father. When we take the smallest step towards him, just as we are, he races out to greet us. He throws his arm around us. He he doesn't condemn us. We are his children, not his slaves. Stop looking at the castle. Focus on the king. So, how should we approach the throne of grace? We'll look at that when we come back after this short break. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional, a powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or, if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see that Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. That's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on one 300 722-415 So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. So let's head straight back into God's word. So how should we approach the throne of grace? What does your translation say? Mine says with boldness. And the Greek word that sits behind our English translation, it it comes from Greek philosophy. It, It means public. There's this presupposition of democracy. It means the right to say anything, a frankness and a candor. That same word is used again in Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 32, telling of the death and resurrection of Jesus. It says this, Jesus said this quite openly And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now that word openly is the same word as is used for boldness here in this passage in Hebrews. In other words, it means just as we are. No faces, no masks, no fear, 
No pretending, no trying to dress ourselves up and get our clothes ironed and our, our car washed. No, God wants us to be frank and open to tell it the way it is. There's a story in Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, around verse 14, that tells about Jesus healing a young boy. Jesus has been just up on the Transfiguration Mount and he comes down and there's this young boy with demons. And his disciples have been trying to cast out the demons and they can't. And so the young boy's father pleads with Jesus and he says, If you are able, have pity on us and help us. And Jesus says, What do you mean if you're able? All things can be done for the one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. This big crowd there. And here's this man who said, I believe to a point. I I can't believe 100%. I can just believe as much as I believe. And as much as I believe, I believe in you. And the boy was healed. The demons were cast out. Now that father didn't get a miracle because he had perfect faith. I don't have perfect faith. My faith is much stronger and much bigger than it was five years ago. But it's not perfect. God doesn't want perfect faith from us. God just wants us to take the faith that we have and place it in him. Even faith is a gift from God. That father got a miracle because he was honest. He was direct. And this son who from birth had been like this was set free. Have you got a circumstance in your life that you think, well, God can't possibly do anything with this because I've been like this for so long. And besides, I don't have the sort of faith that they're talking about. Well, here's a story. You don't need perfect faith. Just take the little bit of faith that we have and place it in Jesus. And Jesus can and will do the most amazing things in our life. Because the effect of going before that throne of grace is to obtain mercy and grace in the time that we need it. That mercy is is the outworking of how God sympathises with us. Because we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who, in every respect, has been tested as we are, yet was without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive what? The outworking of God's understanding, the outworking of his love and his sympathy, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That grace is free. That grace doesn't depend on our goodness and our perfection. It's there because we believe in Jesus. Come on, will we take God at his word? And and to get help is a sense of, of help running towards us. It's that sense of the waiting father right when we need it. Right at the perfect time. Have you ever noticed how perfect God's timing always is? Just When we need something, God is there to help. And this passage is saying you can trust in that. You can believe in that. If your faith is in Jesus, you can come before this throne of grace with boldness and just believe that God will help you. When you need stuff, when you need help, when there's something that you can't get through, come boldly before the throne of grace. Don't worry about the bird plop on the front of your car. Don't worry about whether your clothes are ironed. Don't worry about what we look like or how we've behaved or how big our faith is. That's not the point. The point is that we have a saviour 
who can sympathize with us and calls us to come boldly before his throne of grace. In Jesus, we have it all. King, high priest, sacrifice, place of forgiveness. He's one of us. And because of who Jesus is, we can approach the throne of grace with openness, with with a boldness, leaving the mask at the front door and just talking to him the way it is. Focusing on the king and not the castle. On his empathy and understanding because of who Jesus is. Remember, he is Abba, he's our father. The waiting father who will run to our aid. That throne of grace is mobile. That throne of grace is coming towards us. And some people think, oh, I'm afraid to ask God for this. I'm afraid to ask God for that. Maybe we've had anger or sin or failure or low self-esteem. Will we let God help us with a special, well-timed, perfect touch of grace? Come on, will we take God at his word? And come boldly before the throne of grace, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is and because in Christ, God understands and sympathizes and wants to pour out his mercy and his grace on you and me. Come on, will we take God at his word? But before I go, there's something truly important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to lay hold of the promises of God in Jesus Christ. Those powerful, life-changing promises in Christ and Christ alone. Amen. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give toward the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach over 2,500 people with a gospel message. So a gift today of, say, $35 can touch over 85,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Wow, it's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called Taking God at His Word. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.